0: morning this is susan bringing you hope for the uprooted it is morning here in phoenix i'm sitting at my desk with my cup of coffee and gosh i just wish you could pull up right beside me with your cup of coffee or your tea and in the meantime since that isn't happening i am delighted you joined me and just so uh excited about what i'm going to share with you today you know I love to bring you hope and encouragement from God's Word, and my podcast is all about hope for the uprooted. So whether you have recently been through a major life change like moving or being uprooted by divorce, or death, or a major life change in careers, or whatever that might be. Gosh, you know, having your children go from kindergarten to first grade is a change, and then leaving, of course, for college is a bigger change. So we face life changes all the time, and it is that loss and change and transition that uh, I, of course, always like to keep centered on with Jesus Christ because He is our anchor and our unchanging God in the midst of a changing world. So, hey, thank you for joining me. I just love the pleasure of your company. And I was thinking about what in the world I was going to talk about today. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if when we moved that we could drive up to the city limits sign and it would say, Welcome to a place of contentment. You know, I've done podcasts uh, in the past on moving to a place called rest and moving to a place called trust. And I thought this would be a, a good time to move you to a place of contentment. How welcoming that would be to know that... There is a way that you can be content in the midst of living perhaps in, in a lot of discontentment in your circumstances. Anytime you're uprooted, we find that change can bring discontentment no matter what your circumstances are. And I've, boy, I've I've been there. You know, I've been discontented about things that are going on around me. And it's amazing how the smallest thing can trigger uh, an attitude of discontentment. You know, how many times have you said, gosh, it would be so wonderful if, you know, the if-onlys, the... Oh, if I could just go back and do it over again. If I could just go back and start over. You know, the things that we regret that we would love to undo and redo. And how important that is to understand that that is a delusion. The if-onlys are being discontent with what God has provided. You know, because I'll go back to Scripture, and I'll hang on God's Word, and I, I go back and I think, oh my goodness, you know, this this whole state of discontentment reminds me of the Israelites, and I love to, to just, I've coined the phrase, you know, they, they were in the camp of complaining, you know, because discontentment will bring complaining. And I I just thought, they lived in the camp of complaining. They wandered through the wilderness, and they were discontented and grumbling. And boy, I have been that way. You know, I've had a pity party and just went into the pit of discontentment so many times over a move or over a major change or over finances. And, you know, it's just really hard sometimes to pull yourself out of that so i'm going to give you some great keys and tips on doing that but getting back to my friends the israelites and you know they're your friends too we learn from the people that have gone before us in the bible and their journey and their transition and changes and of course the israelites wanted to leave egypt to go to the promised land for a better life But soon, they became dissatisfied, and they complained about their journey through the wilderness. How many of you are in the wilderness right now? How many of you don't like what's going on right now? The Israelites didn't like the water they were drinking. They didn't like the food. They didn't listen to God. Oh, they said, if we could just go back to Egypt. How many of you perhaps have just moved? Maybe you've downsized. Maybe you've retired and you've just moved and it's not working out. And you're thinking, oh, if only I could go back. It was so much better where I came from. And they moaned and they groaned and they had a bad case of if only or what if or the have-nots and in Exodus sixteen three, that they, they, you know, oh, that we would were back in Egypt. I always have a smile on my lips when I read all of that, and I think of how we are often much alike in that respect as the Israelites. How many of you have had that dry period of discontentment, that desert experience? That feeling of loneliness and that feeling of hopelessness where you feel like that this is the way it's going to be forever and always. You know, that's pretty normal process in the process of change and transition in having to adjust to a new normal. Because after the dust settles, reality always hits, doesn't it? That's when it's so easy to look around and compare and, boy, will that get us into trouble. And we think, oh, if only, and we focus on the have-nots. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, dust settles. In other words, reality sets in and desert experiences do come. Expect them and don't be so hard on yourself. You know, sometimes we are our own worst critic. And we're so hard on ourselves. You're not always going to be happy, my friends. You're not always going to like where you live. You're not always going to have everything come together like you expected. And you're certainly not always going to feel spiritual. The more discontent you are, the less spiritual you're going to feel. It's that grateful heart that will dispel that poor attitude of poor me and i have been there i remember when we moved from atlanta to phoenix i was so discontent here because i was so accustomed to green grass and oak trees and azaleas and magnolias and dogwoods And let me tell you, I came to the dry desert, and there wasn't an attic, and there wasn't a basement, and I thought, where am I going to put my stuff? It was all about my stuff, and I was so discontent here for so long. But let me tell you, you are a woman in process. I am a woman in process. I don't always have my act together. I'm a broken woman just from life's experiences, from Bill's death in my life, from the ups and downs and brokenness. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But you know, the biggest thing is to learn from all of this, to look back and learn from it. I don't want you to be like the Israelites. I want that to quicken my spirit and say, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I want to listen to you. I want to trust you to lead me around obstacles. I don't want to get stuck in the valley of discontentment. Let me tell you, if God chooses to lead you around your obstacles, your circumstances, or whether He chooses to take you through them. There is much to learn. A lot of times, I feel like that if God had not taken me through the valley of discontentment, I wouldn't have learned what I've learned about him, how to trust him, how to lean into him. I can look back and say, that's what you were trying to teach me, and I could have learned it no other way. Don't get stuck in the valley of discontentment. And one of the best definitions of contentment is found in Philippians four, eleven through twelve. I could just park there. My Bible is underlined completely and highlighted in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is not that long, and I encourage you to read it. Four, eleven 11 through 12 says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. This is Paul speaking, by the way, who had much and had little. He went through the gauntlet of the opportunity to be discontented, and yet he learned how to get along whether he had much or little. I know how to live, the verse goes on to say. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether it be a full stomach or hunger, plenty or want. That's from the Living Bible Translation. I encourage you to read that and then read it again. Do you know what Paul's secret to contentment is? was it was being satisfied with what god has or has not given and i know for me all change and transition all moves in my life i moved 14 times they were not all up the ladder some were down the ladder as a result of job loss or company setbacks or you know thinking the grass was greener on the other side of the fence you might have to adjust, like I have in the past, to a lower income or a smaller house or fewer possessions. Gosh, can you say it is well with my soul, in spite of your circumstances? Is Jesus enough when everything is taken away? Perhaps you have dealt with disaster or a traumatic circumstance or situation that you feel everything in your life has been stripped away. I felt that in my life when I lost Bill to colon cancer. I thought, Lord, you've taken it all from me. You've taken my soulmate. You've taken my best friend. And I was totally in the pit of despair. I've experienced being stripped away. Have you? I know what it feels like. I've been through the if-onlys or the what-ifs. And yet, and yet, my friends, I have felt God's comfort and His provision and His peace. And I understand what it means to feel the presence of God in the midst of of hard times. I have learned contentment through experiencing my Lord and Savior's presence and love and care. You know, Bill and I uh, did experience uh, many downsizing in our moves. And at one time, we were in a big financial crunch and we had to make some major lifestyle changes. But you know what we discovered? We discovered, like Paul, that God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that's from Philippians 4.19. That's why I say, read all of Philippians. But I have to tell you that One of the things Bill would say to me so many times when I would be having my own pity party of discontentment and I was in the camp of complaining because I wanted this or wanted that, and Bill would say, God may not supply all our wants, but he sure has supplied all our needs, Susan. Lesson learned, yes, God supplied our needs, not always our wants. And sometimes it's our wants that will get us into trouble, isn't it? But how do you learn contentment? What does Paul mean by that? Just look closely at what Paul says in Philippians 4, 11 through 12. And I just love to kind of dissect that one word learned I have learned how to get along. I have learned the secret of contentment. And he uses that word learned in past tense. You see, Paul had a history. He had a track record with the faithfulness of God. God met Paul's needs in the past. And Paul had faith that God would meet them in the future. The secret was drawing on God's power and relying on his promises for strength to be content. Oh my goodness, what a powerful, powerful understanding of what that word learned meant and how that applied to Paul's contentment. He relied on the faithfulness of God. He knew that God had met his His needs in the past. And he had faith that God would meet them in the future. My friends, look back. Look back. Think back. God has been there for you in the past. He's not going to leave you now and in the future. Look back and remember. Remember his faithfulness. Remember that he got you through something to the other side. The secret is drawing on God's power and relying on His promises. You know, outcomes didn't always turn out like I wanted them. But when I realized that God's way was better than my way, and that I could be content in what He had planned for my life, because He was working on deeper levels than I could even see, it was then that I could rest in His faithfulness. And have that peace my goodness with contentment comes peace a peace that is beyond all understanding to those who don't know Jesus he will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him whose thoughts turn often to him Isaiah 26 3 and that's when I just surrender Hey, you know, this is not according to my plan, but, Lord, it is your plan, and I will rest in that. I will rest in your promises, and I will draw on your power, and I will lean into you and trust you. And it's when I let go and trust God and not all of my stuff— It's when I change my focus and focus on God and not everything around me that I can be content. Contentment brings that peace. And you know what else contentment brings? Contentment brings a sense of comfort. I know that when I've been in that deep valley of discontentment, you know, I don't feel God's joy. I don't feel God's comfort. I don't feel that peace, that rest in him. My, my soul, my life seems anxious and worried, and I'm, I'm in turmoil. And it seems when I let go of that, that I begin to understand God's peace and feel God's peace all the more. I don't know. I feel like that living in contentment brings that peace. And to move to that place in your life is shifting your focus. If you want to know how to move to that place of contentment, look beyond the the sign that says welcome to this place and focus on all that God is doing in your life. Not what he's not doing. Not on all your wants. But focus beyond and focus on how he is meeting your needs day by day. Sometimes it is day by day provision, girls. It is day by day that you you get up and get on your knees and say, "Lord, this is your day. Help me be content in it." And I think that if you saturate yourself in his word and you you trust him and you you're grateful, y- your heart will begin to change and you will understand that unshakable faith in who God is. The key to contentment for me is keeping my focus on God. Contentment just speaks of, of knowing who I am in Christ and knowing my purpose in life and believing that God's in charge and I'm not. You know, and sometimes we avoid contentment because we, we just want more, more. We want to feel good. We want to, um, to achieve more, be more, have more, do more. And, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to change our focus. We, we need to look at what our purpose is and go to that deeper level and to be content To feel that peace. You know, feeling gratitude towards God is key. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Rule in your hearts and be thankful. And, you know, when I think about it, it is the time that I've been ungrateful that I felt discontented. And another thing about being discontent is that it will lead to an anxiousness Oh, you worry more you dwell on the the thing you're worried about oh my child's not happy at school or oh you know I'm not happy at work or oh I don't like this neighborhood or oh this house is too small or you know um, for a lot of you that are downsizing maybe you had to get rid of things that you cherished and that you loved and maybe you have to learn to cherish them and not cling to them all of those feelings of ungratefulness can bring that anxiousness and worry in your heart but to feel grateful to focus on who god is to focus on his on what he has done for you not what you are missing or feel left out that you don't have that's huge and that's all leaning into God and trusting him. We know all things work together for good to those that love God according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight, to those that love God. I, I love Chuck uh, Swindoll's quote, If you love people, you'll use things. If you love things, you will use people. He had such a great quote there because a lot of times we need to have a a better attitude towards things because we begin to love things. And yet Paul learned how to live in need and in plenty. So if you love people, you will use things. But if you love things, you will use people. Oh Lord, let my heart never Focus on the things around me, what I have or don't have, the stuff that so easily fades away, but let me focus on you and focus on those that I love, things that matter, things that are, the things that are really important, not the things that are insignificant, that will truly be here today and gone tomorrow. I always like to say, you know, um, part of the key to contentment is understanding that life has an ebb and flow and things will come and things will go. Houses come and go, cars come and go, salaries come and go, you know, um, kids grow up, sometimes divorce happens, sometimes death happens and takes away a loved one and, you know, a move can change your whole life. And The key to contentment is one of the many keys to contentment is knowing that life does have that ebb and flow. And those are things that we can definitely cherish in our life, but not cling to. It is when we cling to those things and we don't focus on the things that are real, the things that are steadfast, the things that never change. Like God's word and God's promises and God's hope and God's faithfulness. Those are the things that we need to focus on, not the things around us that come and go. Perhaps the seed of discontentment is that attitude that says, God, I don't trust you for my life. I know what's better for me than you do, and I'm going to see that I get it. Oh, my goodness. I encourage you, my friends, to rethink that attitude and encourage you to pray, Lord, give me a quiet, receptive, gentle spirit that is precious in your sight. Help me to trust you with my very being, with my life, with who I am. That I may walk before you and trust you completely with the result of my life. I just I just want you, my friends, to change your focus today, even today, and think, you know, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I've been focusing on the wrong thing. I've been impatient, I've been frustrated, I've been dissatisfied. We try to control our surroundings, and we try, to, we try to change things that we don't like. We like to change jobs, and we like to change churches, and we'll change friends, and we know we should be content, but we're not. And sometimes we think, oh gosh, if my circumstances just change, then I will be content. But I want you to know that contentment is available to you regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of what you have. You can feel that contentment. You don't have to be a part of the camp of complaining, of discontented people. You can rise above that and focus on Christ and find great peace and comfort and joy as he provides for you daily as you trust in him and lean into him i hope you have a very good day doesn't matter what you're doing i'm just so delighted to have the pleasure of your company and may i encourage you for further encouragement To go to our website, our Just Moved Ministry website, justmoved.org. There you'll find all kinds of things. You'll find moving stories. You'll find devotions. You will find uh, an opportunity to sign up for our weekly words of encouragement. There you go, every week. A couple of lines of scripture or a quote or an encouraging word. You can sign up for our free publication, Bloom, which comes to your mailbox. And it's always about something dealing with loss or change or transition. You'll love it. It goes all over the world. And then you will be encouraged by maybe checking out some of my previous podcasts or looking into some of the blogs that are on the website. There's just All kinds of resources for you. And then again, we have a um, prayer team that will pray for you, which is so important. If you're deeply discouraged, if you are um, discontent and you want to share that and pray for contentment or be prayed for for contentment, go on our website. There's a place that you can submit your prayer request and we will pray for you. Thank you for joining me. Oh, my goodness. You know, I just feel like that as long as we're always moving closer to Jesus and and we can come back to center in spite of craziness of life, we can come back to center and focus on him. It just doesn't get much better than that. Hey, I'll see you next time. Or rather, I'll look forward to you listening in next time. But I'm looking at you and I wish you a great day today. May you feel the peace of God and the joy of His presence. See you next time.